0: This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest writers association supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955 uh if you want to learn more about those good people go uh go over to pnwa.org i'd love to hear from you uh hey how's it going i had a great conversation with our guest aren't they all i guess i say that every week but it's true i just love these conversations i do this one was with jessica machado who's a uh a, a journalist, a kind of essayist, essayist journalist, an interesting woman who's got a new memoir out called The Local about, uh, well, it's about a lot of things, partly about her relation, her growing up in Hawaii and what that meant to her and has come to mean to her. Uh, she is uh, an editor at NBC News right now, actually has been for a little while. She Previously, she was a staff editor at Vox and The Daily Dot and Rolling Stone. Her work has appeared in The Washington Post, The Cut. BuzzFeed, Vice, and Elle, among others, and she was born and raised in Hawaii, but she currently lives in Brooklyn, and she was an interesting woman. It was a pretty cool conversation because she took a very unusual journey to writing the kind of book she wrote, which is a memoir, but it's a different kind of memoir. She took a different approach. We talked about that. We talked about a lot of stuff, you know, the way we do. So uh, here it is, my cool conversation with Jessica Machado. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's Jessica Machado. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, listen. Hey, newly minted book author. You've been writing a long time, but as, if, unless I missed something, this is book number one. Am I
1: correct? It is book number one. Yes.
0: And it just dropped. We were discussing on an odd day, but we won't get back into that. But it's just newly. I mean, it showed up with the new year. And so it's just a couple weeks old. How are you feeling right now? How's it going?
1: It feels good, yeah. It's um, uh, it's interesting, like the the various levels of feedback you get when you're a, a write a memoir. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, all yeah. right.
1: But I'm dealing. I'm coping. <laughs> Are,
0: have you done an event yet?
1: Um, this Thursday, I will be doing my first book event um in Brooklyn at Powerhouse Arena.
0: Okay. Oh, so a live in-person event.
1: Yes, and then I'm going to Hawaii. um, next week and so i will be doing a book event there in my hometown
0: yeah so for our listeners who may not know jessica has written a memoir well an unusual memoir i gotta say i'm gonna call it it's a, it's a form of memoir i mean it's it's mostly your story but you're doing some different stuff in there but it is largely your story uh called local about among other things uh, Hawaii and your where you're where you grew up and your relationship to it, but um, but let's back up a little bit. Um, because while this is your first book, I'm speaking to you. You were speaking to me from the offices of NBC. Uh, you have been writing for a while. This is not something you're just stumbled into.
1: No, not at all. Um, yeah, I've been a writer since I was a, a little baby journalist in high school. Um, and I don't know if I even wanted to be a journalist then, but I'd like to complain about stuff and that was like the way to ah, do it. That was right. the way to stick it to the man and you know, <laughs> in, in high school was to be like, yeah. why is the parking lot? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I've been, been writing for a while. I um, you know, I was an editor at Rolling Stone and Vox and the Daily Dot, and now I'm at NBC working on the um, their diversity, equity, and inclusion team. So um yeah, and I edit, actually edit a vertical about how to make journalism better when it comes to diversity and inclusion. So um, all of these things sort of intersect, like yeah. what's in the book and, you know. Um, and yeah, but I, most of these days I do more editing than I do writing outside of oh, this Oh, what, <laughs> what, what do you think about that?
0: What What do you think about that?
1: How are you also, with that? I need the mental space to write. It's hard to come into a job every day and... Just pound out words and like you know, I love reporting. Um, I you know, obviously as an editor and a person in journalism, I admire you know people who do it every day. But like I, I think my skill set is better utilized on a day to day basis as an editor.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah. is it your you? Uh, I know a bit about your family because I just read about it. But <laughs> you you come from your 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 mom is was an English teacher, and she was, yes. and by all counts. Someone who took it pretty seriously.
1: She did. She was. A, she loved teaching. She was, you know, according to all the students who signed her yearbooks every year, a very good teacher, and they all adored her.
0: <laughs> right, and so she, but so she liked English, the English language, and the use of it. Um, yes. But your dad was a fireman, yeah, and a uh, yeah. and also a landscape. So he was working with his hands. So yes. two different approaches to it. Um, but it sounds. But sounds like growing up, your imagination was a. Um, a resource and a necessary one
1: oh absolutely um yeah I was an only child at least until I was age 10 and um and yeah I was bored a lot and yeah. uh <laughs> my parents yeah. were, were always around and uh and my mind was sort of my way to feel less lonely and so there yeah. was a lot of Creating in in that space. Um, you know, I don't think I was necessarily writing stories when I was little, but I was pretending to be superheroes and, <laughs> and reimagining things I had seen on television. And um, but yeah, I think that creative spark was always there.
0: Yeah. And as you said, you you got into some journalism in high school, but um, you eventually went for your MFA in creative nonfiction. So you recognize. Pretty early in your life, I mean in your twenties, that you were drawn to writing in some form. Although you in your mind, was it journalism specifically? Because you've written a lot of personal essay too.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I when I was in college, my getting my undergrad, I majored in sociology because I really like was interested in all that stuff, like, you know, like societal issues and like, you know, power dynamics and like um, you know, cycles of power. And so I majored in that and then I was like almost done and I was like oh wait what am I gonna do with this degree <laughs> I'm not sure. so uh, I like learning about it but I didn't know like what exactly that meant for my job so I was like well I've always kind of like writing so I double majored in journalism um and I got uh, a internship right away at LA magazine um, which was non-paying you know this is the, the uh, olden yeah. times of the, yeah. the early aughts when nobody got paid for their internships and um yeah, and I, and I moved to LA and I, um, st- but I always kind of was drawn to writing, you know, about, to do, writing the personal narrative stuff, right, like, and interweaving it with some of that, you know, like, uh, journalistic reporting and, like, history and things like that. Um, I think because, you know, I don't want to uh, give away too much of the book, but because I was, like, very like you know we didn't talk about things in my house growing up so much right, so like right. being very open about who my feelings and who i am and like things i'm thinking about and things we're not saying out loud in this like very pla- this place you know that people think of as a paradise and it's perfect and like you know like you know that kind of stuff was i was always like wait a minute you know i was always like that that sort of cynical like
0: oh so that's like- interesting so you, you, you <laughs> this is something a lot of writers go through yeah raunch right not all of them but they they say I there's one reality I see, and then there's the reality everybody's talking about. Totally. Do not like that there is a difference, and, <laughs> I, and some people are perfectly okay with that difference, or they don't think it's that big a deal. But there are certain people who do not like it, and you were one of those. You oh, saw it on totally. on many levels it sounded like, and it great on because writing I do writing comes from a love but there is a sense of wanting to relieve tension wanting to answer questions wanting to yeah. irritation to be addressed is that fair
1: yes totally that's very much so why I, I think I write but like you know you, you don't want to end up when you're writing something like when you're crafting something there's a difference obviously you know between like dear diary like thartic, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and like I feel like <clears throat> that's the thing people don't necessarily understand about memoir is that it's not like dear diary writing no. it's like there's an art. No. <laughs> you've already figured some of this out but i mean you do figure it out on the page and you figure it out like 50 drafts in but like you know uh, but it's not um you, it's it's because you do have questions and you want to find the answers and you find it through the writing but you don't make that super obvious in when you before you publish it <laughs> but,
0: well, but you have to like I, I, so i write memoir personal essay that's my yeah. thing and it's like i always tell my students like look i write about stuff that happened to me but i write to find out like if i knew i like i i, I think that gets in the way of the writing if i think i have all the answers before i tell totally, the story, right right you got yeah. to do some discovery so this so this is so you've written a lot of done a lot of journalism but also i did you do like straight Straight, what they call straight journalism, or did you go right to a words?
1: little bit of that? But I learned early on that that was not my jam. I, right. I worked at this Newswire service, and um I think one of the greatest pieces of advice, like, you know, I, I liked my boss a lot. She was super great. She sent me, you know, I started off as like, you know, compiling events for like, you know, where the where news cameras should show up or something. Right. And then, you know, she's like, here, I'll give you, you know, I'll throw you out. Go to the, the cop shop in LA and like, Sit there and like you know write about what's happening on this police beat and go sit at the uh, like board of county supervisor's office and see what's going on in those meetings. And I, I get in there and I was like, oh god, I'm so bored. Like, what is happening? Like, I'm so bored by this. Like, <laughs> yeah. everything that's happening here, right? Yeah. And so she sat me down. I remember at one point and she's like, you know, Jessica, like, is this what you want to do? And I was like, you know, not really. <laughs> and that's when that's I went good. to grad school.
0: That's good that you recognize it, but so but you've written a lot of personalized and stuff, but yeah. Um, but eventually, one of the pivotal events is uh we might the readers the listeners can know this at least that you, yeah. your mom dies when you're pretty young, and yes. that's a pretty traumatic event for you. And so, this book it seems to me must have grown out of trying to make sense of that relationship. It's a
1: four hundred percent yes, like totally yeah. Um, yeah
0: because she... i'm just gonna because you were too young to make sense of it at 25. nobody no. nobody can make sense of their parent relationships when they're it's pretty rare 25 year old
1: yeah it was such a weird age because like you know you're just like i'm an, i'm my own person and like you know i'm gonna be like so like you know you're trying to find your own way but you're really bad at it at 25 right, right? you have like right. no idea what your way is at all and um and then like you know like not the gender dynamic or something but like mother's and daughter's relationship were kind of fraught and weird anyway and so uh so it was like we had all this like unsaid tension and like all you know and then she's like ill and like childlike for like a long time and it's just you know and there's the resentment and all kinds of things of, you know um and yeah so it was very layered and. So yes, it came out of when I went to grad school for nonfiction writing. I was like, okay, I'm going to write about yeah. my mom, or really loneliness, maybe you know, yeah, and yeah, this connection. And yeah, you do
0: a great job in the book of describing loneliness when you're with people, of loneliness when you're actually when you're not technically alone. Thanks. Um, you know, you're not physically alone, and because you have to get at the nuance of loneliness, and yeah. um you get into that a lot, and it's really well done. And it strikes me, I mean um the writer has a kind of unusual relationship to loneliness oh because you know what's interesting my wife's a writer and she once was out in our studio where she works which is like a detached garage and I was Uh in the house with my mom and we were watching football and Jen doesn't like that so she's and (laughs) she was kind of complaining she was like I feel lonely out here I was like oh I'm sorry she said but you know what's weird if I'm out here working I am not lonely if I'm out here writing I'm not does that make sense that difference
1: Totally, absolutely. I um, i i actually it's funny you're thinking. About, I was I've been thinking about this because I'm writing a piece about like where I write, and yeah. um, and I wrote like my I wrote the book during the very beginning of the pandemic, which was like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, this, is, this, <laughs> like started, very, this this was started
0: this this was started the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah,
1: like I mean, I wrote like drafts in like, grad school and like you know right. I mean but, like right. the like sat down and redid the whole thing and like you know added all the Hawaiian history and all this kind of stuff like the beginning of the pandemic and. So I would go and write in hotel rooms and um, because it was like, there was no tourism right here in New York. And like, they were super cheap. They were super cheap. And I was also, let's be honest, dying to like get out of my apartment and wait for my child who was like in kindergarten. And like, you know, my husband, like, I was like, I want to be, I do want to be alone. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I was thinking about how like how interesting it is to write this book about being alone sort of. And like, being in this very sterile like environment, you know, also because it's like, I grew up in Hawaii where, you know, we're surrounded by tourism, like hotels, like suck up all the energy in the room, right, you know, on the right. Island. And some level and here I am like finding comfort in a hotel, and, you know, like there's like these weird layers. there. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so interesting. And so, all right. So, um, you made a very unusual choice i think and a, and a, and a brave one to do what you you just hinted at is that the book is definitely has very um honest uh personal kind of pure memoir just this is what happened this is how i felt about it you take us through it it's very intimate and then you you dip into sort of the cultural and the hi- history of hawaii which is very which i don't which of course is not taught Anywhere, barely taught in Hawaii. I I only learned about it because I read Sarah Vowell's book a few years ago, where she wrote all about it. Which I was like, I didn't know that. Whatever. Okay. So, and you decided to include that, which I thought was a brave and tricky choice to make because it's a different thing that's happening there. And so, talk to me about because you you got to go into journalist mode and then slip into narrative mode. And so, talk to me about that decision because I think it it's risky, Jessica.
1: Yeah, but you pulled it off.
0: So talk to me about that.
1: Thanks. Um. Yeah, I, you know, when I wrote this book, right? Like, as you said, like, you know, you you must know a lot about writing and how writing works. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it clearly started off as a book about like me trying to figure out my relationship to my mother. And as it right. like progressed, I realized my, like the feelings I had of loneliness and disconnection were larger than just like my relationship with my mother, right? Right. And then there's also parts of it that's like the, the unsaid things we didn't talk about like our identity right like she was a white Southern lady and my dad was a brown man who was part Native Hawaiian you know what I mean and so um and like not fitting in like and like you were both yeah and and you I were both, both right and like, like never be. enough of either it felt like yep. you know right yep. and so I felt like it was one uh, opportunity to like for me, um to like you know also like on a side note my job you know uh for the last almost 10 years is i've been an identities editor at some publication or another so my all of my work is involved in identity and issues of race and class and gender um and i think i've drawn to that obviously because i have like my own murky ideas about my own identity right and so i was like how do i how do I ex- literally explain these things for a living, you know, every day, but like, I haven't dug into my own, you know? Oh. And so, and I realized like, that's a soft sore spot there. Like I, you know, that I think I should explore in this book. Right. And I also think, you know, as somebody who grew up sort of, even though I grew up in Hawaii, I grew up like detached in some ways from the, my ancestors and the culture and, uh, and I, and I didn't want others to, I wanted people to walk away and have an understanding of that history, right? Like, I feel like there's obviously a huge knowledge gap, like you just said, of people who, like, understand the history of Hawaii. And it's an important history. And it's a time when we're sort of reckoning with, like, what we were taught about, you know, explorers and (laughs) who discovered what. And, you know, um, the, you know, the systemic issues that have been, you know, plagued America for a very long time. So anyway, I like it felt like the right time and the right space base and um you know yeah like that journalist in me wants people to know what's going on. (laughs) But you 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 didn't
0: I mean but you didn't know this stuff. I mean this is did you learn this in writing I mean how much did you learn in writing this book and how much have you been absorbing sort of
1: as you as if I got older like I didn't really I learned you know there's some I knew growing up um and then there was some you know like there was a there was a lot I learned over the years like I said when I was trying to like, you know what I realized I'm like, how am I you know now pretty well versed in like civil rights in america but like don't really understand some of like the issues of sovereignty in my own you right. know homeland yeah. and so um you know i started to do the reading and the research then and then as of course like because i was so worried that i wasn't getting things wrong i did a lot a lot a lot of research <laughs> right because again the part right. of the problem is a lot of these books and a lot of these history books and a lot have been written by people who are not from the culture and um didn't use any of the, you know, like it was Hawaiian was not written down, you know, it wasn't a written language. So oh, it, it wasn't, no, it was purely
0: uh, a spoken language. Okay.
1: It's a spoken language and it became written when missionaries came so they could right. convert them. <laughs> so
0: anyway. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know?
1: yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so that's interesting because yeah. Hawaii, I've never been to Hawaii, but, um, you know, you do. So I, I mean, obviously, I feel like I have this image of it, I've seen it. I've seen it written about, but what you describe is interesting because you describe essentially any suburban town in America, could be any suburb, suburb in America, except there's this weird surrounding Hawaii-ness around it, volcanoes and tsunamis and water, water everywhere. And this huge, Mm -hmm. and this sort of idyllic, unusual, like fantasy land, Gilligan's Island kind of Concept. So it's like both existing in a way that I'm trying to think of other places I've been to in America where that's that that stark a difference, and I can't. Nothing's coming to me quickly. So yeah. that, so you and what's interesting is you probably weren't even aware. No, like it's, it's you describe it as the wallpaper of the yep. of the cornfields in Iowa. Essentially, I think was the yeah term yeah term it, it was, was
1: you know it felt that way. Like I really. Right. Didn't even notice, you know, like I I wanted to rebel when I was in high school. Of course,
0: of course. Oh, the
1: beach. It was so boring. Like, you know, right to the goth night or whatever, you know, (laughs) of
0: course. (laughs) And then Um, at some point you look up and said,
1: "God, I live next to a freaking
0: volcano. There were volcanoes
1: everywhere. So wild. Right. Like, I mean, I can't, I mean, as soon as I, like land in Hawaii, and like we get off the plane, and it's just like you know, it's open air. Like you know, when you when yeah. you land in Honolulu, like you you walk, like you know, you get into like the terminal, and then it's immediately like you're outside, half outside,
0: right? And it's
1: like oh, like it's like this very this moment where you're like, there's no air like this. Like there's I can't fight. I I don't know. I don't know. Brooklyn and
0: Hawaii are pretty far apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of environmentally I would think
1: no yeah I mean like now wallpaper to me is like you know honking you know what right. I mean
0: <laughs> so so you were so you were dealing with talking about loneliness talking about your mom but what's interesting is you it seemed to me and ultimately most memoirs are about healing I think I think that's often where they're going that yeah. and I think everyone's healing all the time we're all doing yeah. it whether we like it or not and part of where you found that part of it is through this Connection to an uh, Hawaiian ancestry, yeah. but what's interesting about that? T- talk to me about that because when because you were using you were connecting to something that was in the past mm-hmm. to feel good in the pre- to not feel lonely in the present. It would seem impossible. In other words, yeah. I need someone next to me now not to feel lonely. But you yeah. found something, and obviously it served a purpose, even though that's long gone. In a lot of ways, you have to dig it just to find it because it's been. Yeah. Covered over, right? So maybe talk about that.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, part of like, you know, our culture and our ancestry is nature, right? So it's like all the you co- say our oh, like,
0: you mean like the Hawaiian, Hawaiian culture yeah. is nature. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean it's our connection to nature. It's like, you know, like you said, like how when I look now outside, like, how do you watch like, you know, um the volcano Kilauea, like you know, not Kilauea, but um Mauna loa Like erupted, you know, a couple months ago. And like that, if you watch the videos of like this volcano erupting, like, how are you not in awe of that? I mean, personally, (laughs) if you're not running
0: for your (laughs) life from it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sit there and I go, that is so amazing. This is how we were, this is how, this is how we make literally the land. Like, yeah, I know. know? know. How can you not be in awe of that? Like, when do you see that, you know? And I think I took me having to leave and like um, be away. And, you know, I, I am a person uh, who contains multitudes. Like, obviously I still like being in a city or else I wouldn't live in New York. Right. And I like, um, you know, what a city can offer me, but I, I, there's nothing more magnificent than being there. I think like finding that connection was like, literally stopping living in my head. Right. Even though it might've served me and made me feel better when I was a kid or has made me feel better in times when there's trouble or, you know numbing that mind might have made me feel better at different times, you know, but, like, once I stop living in the head, and, like, looking around, then, like, then I feel connected to, like, the present, and my past, you know, and right. my ancestry, you know, it's, it's, like, everywhere, I mean, you can even, my son does this thing, right, he's grew up in Brooklyn, he's seven years old, and we'll be outside, and it would be the middle of the day, and he goes, mom, the moon, and I go, that's so cool, like, he just, right. like, noticed, Like that little sliver, like, I I mean, I still don't even notice that. That's kids though. Kids.
0: This is kids. They just don't take anything for granted.
1: Yeah. And like, that's the kind of shit that's awesome. Like, that's the kind of stuff that like, you know, I, I, that makes me feel connected and it makes me happy that he sees that. And, you know, we go back to like, we're going to Hawaii next week. Right. And he is, um, he's like, why don't we live there? Like, you know, he's like the opposite. Like, I can't wait to leave. And like, you know, and he's just like what are we doing here again? Like, why are we not living in Hawaii on grandma's farm? And like... <laughs> so,
0: so obviously like you grew up, I totally, I, mean, I grew up in Providence and I, I was thinking about this because I grew up there and it's such a weird little place, Rhode Island, that it mm-hmm. almost feels like an island because no one, it seemed like no one acknowledged its existence because it was so tiny and <laughs> like, unless... Buddy Cianci tried to kill somebody or something, you know, just oh God, one, I know
1: all about Buddy Cianci. Yeah, I'll husband. bet you do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Jessica's husband comes from products, But so I was thinking about that because um, and but so I kind of feel this connection to it. But I don't I'm not going back there. And it's what it is. But you have so you grew up in Hawaii and your father was born and raised there. Mm-hmm. Right. But your mom comes from a whole nother place. But you do you feel any like if you go back and see some of your Southern, cause he came from Louisiana. Is that right? Yeah. Do you ever feel anything towards that side, half of your, your lineage or does it feel really distant too? Cause she was running away from there.
1: She was running too. away from it. We barely visited um, growing up. Like, you know, I didn't understand then, you know, like why she was running, but she, yeah. Um, yeah like I, I, we, we barely visited. They're so different culture. Like, you know, they they, yeah, it just, it feels, it's very foreign to me. And I have a cousin yeah. that I've been in touch with, um, like in the last couple of years, but that's kind of it, you know? And he, mm. to be clear, used to live in New York. So. Oh, right. <laughs> so like, you know, there's like, you know, there's like, I could see, I met him. I mean, I saw him, but like, I would also, you know, there's some overlap there, right? He's not like living in Louisiana anymore. Well, um, the thing
0: about the South, which is interesting, is there is a connection to the land, Because Mm -hmm. there's such an agricultural connection there.
1: Yeah.
0: Not all of it pretty, needless to say. But there is a sort of like, the there is a kind of earthy quality to it. But that's not often what we think about maybe when we talk about Southern culture.
1: No, no. So maybe not for where
0: your mom experienced it.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I guess I have less... uh... I made me nervous to find out what I I'm nervous to like you know, find out what I know about my. You might
0: not want to know. Well, that's the thing, though, right? Because <laughs> the thing is, ultimately, look, you come from Hawaii, but you're the only Jessica Machado. You're it. Like there's yeah. there's no one else like you. You're it. And yeah. so there's something about you which is separate from any of that. Don't I mean? Isn't there something about you that is distinct and unique? To, within that, is that fair?
1: Yeah, totally. Right. I'm not just where I came from or who were my parents. God, for.
0: no, none of no.
1: us. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so,
0: so here's a hard question for you. I don't know if you thought about. I want to know because I teach this stuff, but I'm curious from you who's just yeah. done it. If somebody comes to you, it's probably a woman. I, sometimes it's a guy. A lot of times, it's a woman. I've written a memoir. I really want to write a memoir. I really want to do it. I got. I had this incredible thing. I grew up, but it was so tough. And I got. What would you tell them?
1: Oh man. Um, Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, I'd be like, well, what's, what's the hook, right? Like, or what's the story about, right? It's not, it's like not just a series of events, right? That makes a memoir. What are you trying to, what is the central thing you're trying to get at, right? What are you poking at that? resonates you know what I mean or that you want to excavate that's like not just your own trauma <laughs> you know right right what
0: right, do right. well,
1: you I'm curious like what would you say like I feel like I, I would say something like I would
0: I, I would say I would usually say find the problem you want to write about mm. and think of the moment where you didn't have it all sewn up but a moment where you felt like you understood the choice you need to make that is the resolution to that problem. You know, think of the problem. Think of the moment when it felt on some level of resolution. You never, nothing is ever told Yeah, me yeah, well, yeah. And then try to connect those two moments. But to your point, that's another way of saying find the connection.
1: Yeah. But
0: usually, you know, you probably didn't know the hook until you were a little into it, right? Totally. You don't know because you just think I got to write about mom. That's not yeah. a hook. But no. you got to start by doing Not that, right?
1: Per- like young women or anybody who's lost a parent wants to write about their dead? Of course. Parent, like- <laughs> of course.
0: You start there, but you, but you, but you said you had the wherewithal. Probably, you know. I gotta say, I'll bet you it's from writing those essays because if you write a personal essay, you got to say what's this about? But it's in a thousand words, yes. or, right? You got I can't just say oh, I don't like this. Like, no, it's you got to have an angle. I was reading some of your essays, very good, and and like they have. A clear through line and so yeah. on some level your mind must have been saying okay we're doing this but I wonder what the through line is because it's just a yeah. very long personal essay in the end in a way right
1: Totally. I, I think the hard part about starting with person like you know somebody who writes personal essays more often is that like uh um, than a book I wrote one <laughs> um is that you do you want to you you want to find the small moments and get to them quick and come out of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Essay. yeah.
1: And I remember like that's what like, you know, like that was maybe some of the notes my editor made was like, okay, well, time to make that three pages or whatever. Right. 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 You know? Stay there.
0: Yeah. Stay you know there. what the you know what the tricky part is because in the personal essay you can you can espouse a little bit. You can opine a little bit. Totally. But, yeah. Right? We but and you,
1: and get to the, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you get to the, here's the event. But in the memoir, and you had to do this, is like, you got to let the events do most of the talking. 100%.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: And you got to like say, okay, I'll, I'll back off. I'll back off now. Here they are.
1: Yeah.
0: And, no, but. I okay. thought you did it well. You did it well. I hope you feel proud of yourself. It's a oh, good thank book.
1: thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. It's a
0: good book. And it was it was bravely written and it was well It's really, you're a beautiful writer. So I hope you, uh, you put your work in and it really showed. So oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Okay, so now you're going to do some events. Yep. Uh, if people want to invite you virtually into their homes for book groups, are you open to such a thing?
1: Yeah, I'd love that. okay yeah totally i got i got my this email today and it's my favorite thing i've read so far it was just like this brooklyn teacher who wanted me to come and like um talk to his class right like they had an essay i'd written and his wife's doing a book club i was like oh what is this time to come out what i'm saying it's time (laughs) to come out from
0: behind the camera get out in front of it now
1: (laughs) yeah
0: um all right so that's good so so they can do that so uh jessica's got a wonderful website Go visit if you want to find more. It's books available where I'll find books are sold. But I'm not quite done with you, Jessica. I got one more question. You ready? I want you to finish this sentence. Uh
1: Uh-oh.
0: I want you to think about all the writing you've done. Not just this book, but all the Mm -hmm. writing you've done. And if all that writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what?
1: Be patient with myself.
0: Oh, good for you. Good answer. Love yourself. That's the first
1: thing that came to my head, so it must be true. It must be true. (laughs) Oh, it's so
0: true. I was just, t- I just taught a class this morning and I had a long spiel about patience. You gotta have it.
1: You yeah. It. I mean, I started this when I was in grad school, like the old, geez, let's not even discuss how old I was, but like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, you know, it was a while ago. Yeah. So at some levels it's, and I'm glad I didn't publish what I wrote then. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Time is right. Congratulations. Good work, my dear.
1: Thank you. This was a great conversation.
0: I've been working with a lot of clients lately, a lot of them, and uh, a lot of students. And this is something I keep coming back to. Patience, patience, patience. Can never be too patient. Parenting taught me that, and writing teaches me it again and again and again. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. I want to thank all of you out there. Thanks for tuning in. So listen, until next time, be patient and... Find something you love to do and do it.